Hi, and welcome to the 19th ever episode of The Sound of Not Getting Laid. We're asking the question, do women really hate prog rock? My guest this week is a woman, Anita Tijoux. Here, Anita described King Crimson as a zany soundtrack to a cartoon that was never produced. Listen to her compare the music of Genesis to Broadway show tunes. Marvelous, she accuses ELP of sounding like Boards of Canada on crack. All this and more from The Sound of Not Getting Laid. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Obsessive Compulsive Disorder, OCD. You get shit done, so what exactly is the problem? Hi, and welcome to The Sound of Not Getting Laid, where we're asking, do women really hate prog rock? <laughs> Today, my guest is... Senores y senores, Anita Tijoux! How old are you? I'm 42. And what do you do? I'm currently unemployed. Awesome. Um, I <laughs> not so awesome because my uh, my old man just got laid off as well, Ooh. which is not awesome. So we're a little stressed out. Things are very real. But um, before that, I was a journalist for a long time, and then I what I did was called government affairs, and it just sounds so like hoity-toity and really says nothing. It's like uh-huh. saying producer. So effectively, just trying to make things go smoothly in whatever region the organization you're working for is operating in. So that's smoothly in in what capacity? Probably my my biggest specialization. I always specialized in Latin America because that's where my family's from. Mm-hmm. Interested, whatever. Right. My super specialization was in Brazil, and I was really fascinated by the policies that the government implemented there to continue to allow their culture to thrive. And they put in some very very um, strong cultural policies in place, saying that like a certain percentage of music that was played on the radio had to be produced you know within the country by Uh Brazilians Uh and that's why I mean in part why their music culture is so strong I mean my god oh I love I love Brazilian music Uh, Sean's been getting me into some stuff like uh, uh, Os Mutantes and Baden-Powell I don't know Baden Powell. Oh, I'll play you Os Afro Sambas. You don't know that record? Oh, I don't think I know so that good. one. So good, so good. I, I, it's I'm, a weird record though because those it was like two white guys who, who were you know upper middle class living in the north of uh, 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 northern Brazil. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not typical. It's not like Jobim or, or yeah, yeah. Uh, I love the non typical uh, stuff right. too. Los Mutantes is awesome too. Oh, they're great. They were like a prog rock band yes. in the seventies. Totally. Like they started out as like psychedelic rock and tropicalia, but then they they got really like you listen to some of those later records it's like is this yes <laughs> singing in portuguese like what's going on yeah so wait so do you speak portuguese as i well? do oh yes. wow that's fascinating so you can translate gail costa songs for me. yes i can i've done that for for dim for a few songs because sean has also put him onto some things mm-hmm. and he uh so sebastiana you know that song i don't know sebastiana. Oh, so we'll put that on later let's put that on where uh where are you from mm, so Queens and Long Island, but mostly Queens. Uh huh. Is the short version of that answer. Okay, good enough. Um, what kind of music were you listening to in high school going into college years? So, in high school going into college, uh, in eighth grade or late seventh grade, um, my classmate Bridget Maroney's older sister. Well, Bridget gave me the tape from her older sister that completely changed my life. Um, Home life wasn't grand, Mm -hmm. and this was The Cure, OMD, Paul Young, Love and Rockets. It was a mixtape. It was a mixtape. Okay. And I can still see the lettering on that mixtape. Do you still have it? 
uh, I think somewhere, I think I have it. And it just completely, completely changed my life. And so that really, now before that, you know, it had been all kinds of stuff, you know, Queens does fun things with you. Um, but then through high school, when things were particularly pronounced in terms of, I guess, my mental state, it was really, um, even though I still loved dance music, um, which I came back to later in life when I came to own more stuff about myself, at that point, it was, you know, darkness and Bauhaus. And The Cure is probably still one of my favorite bands, up to and excluding that fucking Friday I'm in love stuff, because, like, I just, oh, I was just, I felt like that was insulting to a Cure fan. Um, as I'm seeing now with my, my stepkids, um, who are 14 and 18, mm -hmm. it's like, it doesn't matter how good or bad the stuff, the quality of the stuff that you are onto at that age. It's the emotional connection you have with it sure, and the friends, yeah. you know? So, but even now, I still listen to Old Cure now. I mean, right. you know, because some of their early stuff is just uh, really magical. So that was really what took me into uh, college. But also when I was 16 years old, this is a bit of a long-winded answer, um, things took a sharp turn at home. I had the very good fortune of falling in with some, an interesting group of folks. And I discovered that this was like part of something that was happening, at least it originated in, in England, um, where I was still very listening, very much listening to Teenage Fan Club, The Charlatans, Stone Roses, you know, those guys, and they were all very big fans, Jesus Mary Chain, all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, in the same night or that weekend, we'd also go and listen to, like, we'd go to a club where, like, there, at that time, this was the early 90s, late 80s, there wasn't this divide between techno music and house music, although it was sonically a marked difference. Right. Um, you'd go to this place and it was just, you know, b-boys and drag queens and alt kids and everyone right. just kind of hanging and it was magic, it was wonderful. So that really, really, it was such a great loop back to my earlier years where it was like Latin music and freestyle and all this kind of stuff uh -huh. and hip hop. So it was like everything was like okay again. <laughs> right, right, because there used to be in the late 70s, early 80s, there was a division among if you if you listen to disco, you didn't listen to rock. If you listen to rock, you didn't like you know disco sucks and all that shit. And and right. uh, I noticed that in high school, like there was a there was a coming together between. I hung out with the greasy metalheads, and you know then there was the whole hip hop crowd. But the common the bonding agent was drugs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that like, too. Oh, those hip hop guys, they got good weed. We're going to buy some of that, you know? And then <laughs> and you started listening to that. And then there were crossover groups like, like the Beastie Boys and Run DMC uh, that sort of opened those doors. And then, you know, I mean, the 80s were just crazy for, for the the eclecticism of, of mixing genres that was totally. on the radio. And I didn't realize it at the time. And I, I saw an interview with Benji Hughes recently where he's like, he's younger than me, so he grew up. Uh, with that stuff and, and not so much the, uh, the the divisions that were present in the 70s. And even spatially. So um, I had been a dancer my whole life. Like I used to travel and compete. Like it was pretty serious. 
and in what capacity like doing um, what ballet really uh, mainly yeah wow and um so so you you're you're familiar with you must be familiar with a lot of classical music as yes. well. yes okay i not the names of stuff but when i hear the stuff that i grew up practicing with of all right. the time it moves me deeply and i'm i discovered later in life um i did take piano for like four years but the nun that i took it with me just killed all my joy for it so i don't remember anything about playing piano one thing I don't want to lose just really quickly is this spatially as well about the the genres is that if you remember back then it was like um, there would be house music in the main room but hip hop in the back room or reggae and you always know what I mean? in the back with always the hip hop. Always in the back, yeah, I know. Like why well, we got to be relegated and you know whatever. But um, but I love that too because then you know. Especially at that time in the early 90s, like it was like I was always mesmerized by it that it was like, you know, literally, you know, my B-boy friends would be like, you know, smoking a J with Mm -hmm. like the drag queens. And like it was just I loved. Well, and that was that was very New York City. Like we we, we, I think as a a city, we we, uh, it wasn't so what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Segregated. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, New York City was always, you know, you could hang out with anybody and it was yeah. okay. It wasn't a big deal. Democratization of culture, you know. Yeah. Like- New York New York is, is definitely that that's the right word, less segregated. So what are you what are you listening to now? Now it's um m- for much of my life, like I, I have to say that I suppressed my, I, I, I don't know, I guess I kind of felt like a loyalty like I had to, well, I mean, it, it came naturally a bit as well um, with certain things, but sometimes I also felt like I had to actively suppress like desires to hear other things when I was really into a particular thing. But right now it's, I don't know if it's age or maybe acceptance of of myself as an entire being rather than as like portions of myself so now it's everything so lately I would call that maturity yeah exactly maybe um and especially as I'm um you know trying to put um younger people uh, make sure that they get something a deep education to offset the nonsense you know that's happening right now I mean right. I guess that's every generation feels like that presumably but I don't know uh, it's pretty it's pretty amplified right it's now. really bad right now oh um it's so bad so really it's everything <coughs> like the stuff from you know my house music days and I say house very 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 distinctly from this the new acronym what is it electronic EDM EDM yeah as much crap as there is out there there's definitely been a lot of bands and individuals absolutely giving me hope I yeah because there was a big void for a while so much so you know in the early 2000s late 90s there was just a big void yeah I feel like there was some creativity but it was far and few in between yeah but like you know bands like like Hiatus Coyote they're like you know I don't know if you're familiar with them but they I'm not I mean they're amazing and gen and not gender bending what is it we're looking genre bending (laughs) and um, same diff yeah you know (laughs) effectively yeah Um, everything ambiguous and um, just really cha- bringing those same challenges to people's perceptions, you know, uh, sonically, philosophically, just e- everything. And I, I'm so thankful for it because I was, you know, I, 
Uh, while I do think that the best music is older music, you know, there's only so many times I can listen to my favorite stuff. I want something new. Right. You know? Right. So I have yeah. to say, you know, getting back into vinyl has really mm. I've gone down that rabbit hole and, and it's getting me to because, you know, for, for a long I used to listen to CDs and then iTunes came along and I dumped all my CDs in there. And, and you know, it's this huge, you know, database of, of music that it's almost too much. It's, it's, it's a phenomenon known as choice blindness that we yes. deal with in this country. It's Completely. the same thing in the supermarket. With like, everything. I'm going to get a chocolate bar. Well, which one? You know, I'm going to get some ice cream. Well, there's 395 flavors. It's paralyzing. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and you get something, you're like, well, this is good, but what, 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 what if I got the other one? Maybe I'm missing out, you know, and it's like. FOMO. Can we, big. Can, can we just go back to chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry mm -hmm. and not have, you know, 9,000 ingredients in our ice cream? And, and uh, you know, some things I'm grateful for. I like to have a, a good selection of beer and stuff like that. But. It's just too much, and people get too used to it. And I hear, like, millennials complaining about, like, oh, I can't eat this because I have an allergy. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, kids in China are lucky to have rice. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, come on, man. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah. Completely. But we digress. We do? Um, do we? I don't know if that's Yeah. I mean, well, that's and that's fine. Uh, this is open to tangential uh, subjects. So, uh, but let's uh, let's get into some prog rock, huh? Let's do it. All right. So first up here, we're we're starting in 1969. Okay. This is King Crimson in the Court of the Crimson King is the album, okay. and the song we're gonna hear is called 21st Century Schizoid Man. And uh, here's what these weirdos look like. I've heard a lot about them, but for some reason I haven't heard them, and um, which is I'm I'm surprised by because usually. Uh, when friends and people that I love and, and respect, like, you know, mention a band to me, I always want to check them out because it gives, gives you, like, a snapshot, a little mm -hmm, mm -hmm. peep into their person, you know? Yeah. And But for some reason, I don't think I've actually ever... Maybe I do know it. I don't know. Let's check it out. But, uh, yeah, here we go. So, uh, King Crimson, uh, 21st Century Schizoid Man. <laughs> So what'd you think of that? It was a bit repetitive, and there was a, a chunk that, to me, sounded like zany. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? That middle section where they're all noodling around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it sounded almost like... Um, like it could have been the score of, like, a zany cartoon. Uh-huh. You know? Okay. Sure. And I guess it's like... For me, now that I'm thinking about it, and I've done extensive thinking and writing too about like music and the feelings they evoke and all those kinds of things, what like what are they getting at? Like what are they, especially toward that like the end part, like dun 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 dun, dun like okay, <laughs> you know, like I, I get what, it. What do you think they're getting at? You know, venture a guess. What was the name of that one? Twenty first century schizoid man. So there's, there's the Maybe there. being locked into a cycle of a thought cycle that you can't break out of, mm -hmm, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it, you know, having um, a bit of obsessive thought tendencies and things like that as well. Like it can feel like that where it started out and then escalated and it got zany mm -hmm. and then it got toward the end. But like the last thing I want to do, you know, this is funny, like why? Because I was just saying to you how I loved that, you know, the cure about how it's like, you know, these bands, whatever, that they 
saw and legitimized these feelings that I was having or confirmed or whatever. I, mm-hmm, I guess mm-hmm. I can say it as honored. I don't think I want that echoed in my ears. Like I don't, it gives, it, it, that track didn't give me anxiety, but I, I don't know. You're not going to put this on your iPod while you're at the gym. I am not. Now, that's not to say there are bands like there's like there's this instrumental band that I really like called Kinski that I discovered. Uh huh. Like in the in the. It's an interesting. Uh, yeah, totally. Check name them out. Choice. They're they're completely and totally instrumental. Uh huh. And they have God, the the names of their tracks too are awesome. Like a hot stenographer, and like. <laughs> I was gonna say it sounds like it, based on you know, the name. It sounds like it's going to be. Amorously oriented music. Not really. Like yeah. some of there's all they're all over the place. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's been a while since I listened to them. But they the reason they popped in my head was I listened to several of their tracks at the gym, and I would say that you might agree that they are prog. <clears throat> but that particular thing, I just I kind of like I was like I get your point. You've made it repeatedly. <laughs> Yes, I heard you. <laughs> the third time. Right. I really did hear you. Uh-huh. And you're still talking to me about it. Uh-huh. That's kind of how it made me feel. Okay, okay. So it's big no for the boys in King Crimson. Uh, in terms of my, whether it's going to show up on my on my iPod. iPods don't even exist anymore. Like, you know, they're deading them. They just, like, this week they just deaded them. iPhone. Uh, right. Music listening device. Right. Yeah, whatever you're listening to. Right. On. You're not going to go buy the record. Right. Or the cassette. No. Or the eight track. Or the CD. I never had an eight track. But I did have, <laughs> I do have, you know, as, as I mentioned to you. Right. Cassettes. Turntables sure. and, and cassette players. Yeah. Yeah. No uh-huh. King Crimson. But I, I do love that cover, though. I mean, that uh-huh. cover is really cool. More than the music. Yes. Okay. By far. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, next up, we're going to uh, Genesis. Now, this is uh, 1971, the album's Nursery Crime. Uh, this is, uh, you Peter know. Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel's still in the band. He's fronting uh, the vocals. Yeah. This Collins. is what these weird nerds looked like back then. Mm-hmm. Phil Collins oh doing gosh. his Amish hippie thing. <laughs> he uh, looks Amish that beard. Oh, my God. He, he kind of looks like Kurt Cobain, too. Ah, a little bit. Less handsome, but yeah. Um, you know, because come on, Kurt Cobain was here. I almost did a spit take on the monitor. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I, I will tell you that I have, um, she, we were friends in high school and we're Facebook friends now for whatever it's worth, but she's an amazing person, Carolyn. And she, I mean, you know, high school, I was in my, you know, all black chain smoking kind of goth new wavy bubble. Uh-huh. Um, and um, there was the, you know, the jocks who were very classic Rocky and like that kind of thing mm-hmm. and whatever. And then Yacht like, rock. Course, all of that, and then like the, the pop, the pop girls, you know, mm-hmm, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was, oh yeah, there's like the new kids on, like all those people, like I, none of that. But you know, Carolyn, who was like in band, I think, and just was like in a class of her own, and her favorite freaking band was Genesis. And like to this day, it's funny, on Facebook, like maybe two months ago, 
um, she like saw like Phil Collins coming out of like some event or whatever. She like waited at the back door and she was like, <laughs> and, and the caption was like, I've been waiting for this moment all my life. Thank you. And I was just like, oh my God, that's like, because I knew I that, mean, that was a huge moment for her. Okay. When you talk about Genesis though, there's two distinct bands. There's Peter Gabriel era. I, I only know she tried to put me on some. For, so some was stuff. she was she listening to Invisible Touch and Land of Confusion? Well, that was later. No, no, that that was Man on the Corner. No, but that was when they had already gone their separate right ways. Mm. Yeah, that was that was when Phil Collins was the front man. No, invi- was Invisible Touch Genesis? I thought I feel like yeah. that was his. Him. Okay, maybe because I thought yeah. that was him on his own for some reason. No, and, that was I, Genesis. The album I remember her putting me onto was like the one that had the, like the green. Um. Spiral like a vortex, it looked like a green vortex on the cover. Oh, I don't know that one. Yes, you do. I'll, I'll find it. Okay. But like, uh, so I don't remember what era this is from. Let me see if I can find. I'll just Google Genesis album covers. I don't know the name of it, but um, and I remember being impressed with what I heard and and respecting it, but you know, not grabbing me at all. Well, this is this is probably going to be a different Genesis. Okay, I'm uh, curious. To compare, it's it's going to be similar. It's in a similar vein to the other tracks that we're listening to. All right. Um, this is I'm really curious. And now I think that because I was surprised that I didn't Google King Crimson, I feel like I must have Googled or you know searched for them and listened to it and been like, yeah, no, I'm just like, I'm not going to listen to that anymore. <laughs> so you actually did some research. I, I think I did because like mm-hmm. there's such a big name. Like how can you? I mean, in certain yeah. circles, like in. Yeah. With people who love music, that name comes up. Sure. And so um, I feel like there's, uh, I'm I'm very curious, and this is the one. Yes, it's the Invisible Touch album, The Green Vortex. See? Yes. Green Vortex. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. Um, So you're you're right. Um, Right, so this is a completely different animal. Okay, I can't wait to hear but I may, basically, I make a call and then I write it off. Like yes, no, just and then I just forget uh, yeah. all about it. I, I I'm very much the same way. If it if it doesn't resonate with me, I'm I'm not going to eat my money. I'm no. moving on. Dim, however, keeps trying to like there, if there's like who's he been trying to put me on to? Coldplay, <sighs> Radiohead. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, he loves Coldplay. Guy. Who's the guy? He almost sounds like Tiny Tim, but he's like really fucking depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that that actually describes <laughs> half of what Dim listens to. The, 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 he's like got also got a very sad story, and he like I think he was like Daniel Johnson. Is it Dan, maybe it's Daniel Johnson? I think maybe it's Daniel yeah. Johnson. He was kind of crazy. Yeah, like, there's a documentary about yes, him. Yes, yes, and, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember hearing about a cafe. Like he's been trying to put me on to him forever, and I'm just like, he's like, no, but it's really good. I'm like, yeah, it might be really good, but it just I want to kill myself. Like it's really sad. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't. I, and I listen to a lot of weird shit like me the Jags and uh, Gigi Allen and stuff, but I can't get into Daniel Johnston. Can't get just, into it. I just can't do it. Mm-mm. But uh, we're not going to listen to any of his stuff tonight. I'm not going to force you to listen to that. Glory be. I'd like to leave alive. <laughs> Let's check it out. Uh, Let's so uh, we're still in uh, 1971 here. Uh, the Genesis, the album is Nursery Crimes. The song we're going to hear is The Return of the Giant Hogweed. <laughs> <laughs> Even what you say about his physical performance of this music 
is present in the song as well, where it's a little bit too, like this part that we're listening to right now, it's like I feel like I should be watching something happening on a stage. It feels like show tunes a little bit. Right, um, or like a soundtrack for a movie. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that instance, yes. And the same thing with the King Crimson thing. Like, I feel like this should be score that these should be scores to something. Right. There's an element missing. You're missing a visual. Yeah. Yes. That is not there. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Like the in Spanish, they have like all kinds of names for certain plants. Like one is um. The, like the leaf looks like there's a like, big pair of lips, and apparently it's like you know, um, like a was it mo- mo- mother-in-law mouth, and like <laughs> in Spanish, and then like one other one like a spider plant in Spanish is, is mala madre because spider plants like they throw their their babies out of the thing. Right, right, right. And so it's like is, bad mother. This is similar. Yeah. Yeah. That's, bad mother. They call it bad mala madre. It's bad mother. <laughs> like it throws the you know. So that's, that's funny. That's awesome. Mother of millions. I'm curious about that. Maybe that's what this would the song the, the title of this song would translate to in Spanish. I'm wondering if like the weeds are like again I would I need to like look at the word the lyrics more closely but it's like are the weeds a thought like you know like because I'm looking at this one part like you know threatening the human race and things like that and you know once like the um, collective masses started coming out and in favor of um, of the fact that it's, you know, homosexuality is, is okay. You know, let's not demonize this you, thing that's pretty benign. You think that's what they're maybe alluding no, to no, that? No, 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 oh, not at all. Okay. I'm just, I'm saying any idea that may, you know, threaten the human race in air quotes, which is right. assumably, right. and that's a, that's a powerful idea. And so, yeah, it'd be like a weed. Um... What'd you think of that? I think that I've been trying to articulate what it is that's, is it bothering me? Yeah, maybe that bothers me about it is, and it does feel like it's missing that visual component. It feels like Mm -hmm. it should be, it's a score to something. A bit of a long-winded score that could be snipped, (laughs) but but a score nonetheless. Because, and now I... Remember, I'm a very, very big fan of house music and dance music and uh, particularly basically everything produced really before 1979 is like my favorite <laughs> house music and dance music. The main pioneers of, of house music, uh, Frankie Knuckles and Larry LeVan. And so Frankie Knuckles being from Chicago, Larry LeVan being from New York. And you know, David Mancuso, I mean, like in New York, there's a lot There's a lot of people. But let's say that the main heads um, in terms of pioneering this kind of music were in these cities. And the term house music came from, um, God, what was the name of the house? Uh, it was like, not the powerhouse. I can't think of the name of the club right now that where Frankie Knuckles used to play. Okay. And that's where the term came from. It was like the something house, whatever. I can't think of the name right now. And what they, they were revolutionaries in that they took the doors they would play mm-hmm. you know Eddie Grant they would play Electric Avenue um, exactly they would play Living on the Front Line a lot that was like that was a favorite all kinds of genres they would play craft work and they would play mm. um, I mean it was which has roots in, in this stuff too yes kraut rock yes. definitely yes yes has, has roots in prog rock yes so and I mean from all kinds of genres from like Willie Colon uh, who's uh, Latin music mm-hmm. um 
And I, I love that, and a lot of folks don't know that, and so that's what really gave the format to people then, and they would mix these records together and give you your night, you know? <laughs> it was so, so many genres, um, and that was the foundation for, you know, uh, what house music became, and then it just got completely bastardized, and the reason that EDM is so soulless is because, you know, house music, all of the music it draws on comes from some kind of struggle, you know? Whereas right, right. EDM... Same with hip-hop. Is no quite... Anything that's worth anything. Right, right. true, true. <laughs> In my I view. Mean, yeah, if, if, if you're not speaking <laughs> to human suffering, you're insincere. Yeah, whether it's like the joy that comes from the pain or like the pain that comes from the pain or right. like whatever it is, yeah. but just there are people who don't care. You know, we just, it's a catchy song. I would song. say most people don't. It's got a good beat and I can dance to it. And right, right. there's a lot of that and that's why people are getting rich off of nothing now. You know? Right, right. But, you know, so, but it, it's, it's, it's palpable. And um, so I, I love the, the length and all those kinds of things. That, the length of the tracks don't bother me at all. Um, it's the, going back to the, that track, it's that it feels like it needed to be... I needed some kind of, it's not that a visual aid, but that, that just, it sounds like a score to me. Right. The and short version. Yeah. I, I, I think a lot of, for me, a lot of the music that I really enjoy, when you buy the record, it's really a reference point to what you're going to see live. What is your definition of prog rock? Progressive rock, shortened as prog, sometimes called art rock, classical rock, or symphonic rock, is a broad subgenre of rock music that developed in the United Kingdom and United States throughout the mid to late 1960s. Initially termed progressive pop, the style was an outgrowth of psychedelic bands who abandoned the standard pop traditions in favor of instrumentation and compositional techniques more frequently associated with jazz, folk, or classical music and how do you feel like prog dif differs from math rock uh well or does it i would say that prog rock is math rock but not all math rock is prog rock got it mm -hmm. yes i do okay let me ask you this if if you're if you're getting busy with somebody and they put this stuff on <laughs> oh my god I feel like bye -bye. so <laughs> So some people, because you said that some people think that Floyd is is prog. Uh, I was in high school. There was a boy. He was cute. He was like, "Hey, come over. Let's hang out in my brother's room on his waterbed. Waterbed. This is like oh, in man. the days of waterbeds." Oh God. It's, well, okay. Go yeah. On. We smoked, and he was like, "I'm gonna play this album, and it's just gonna." I think he thought that it was gonna be. He was so cute. He really was. I wanted to like him, but it just wasn't working. <laughs> and. Um, and yeah, he played me, I think, all of the Wall of Dark Side of the Moon. I've done um, The Wizard of Floyd, which has been really freaking cool. Have you ever done Wizard of yes. Floyd? <gasps> That's remarkable. It is. It's fucking remarkable. I've done it, it twice, and it's yeah. fucking amazing. Anyway, um, so I don't remember which album he played for me, because that shows you how much I was paying attention. And I, I sat there, we smoked, and we did nothing else, and yet nothing registered. And I was like, yeah, this is fine, but nothing. Right. And so, yeah, like... Um, Going back to what you just said, I, I I just no matter what happened in terms, I think that he expected that we maybe we'd you know, you'd be boning. I don't know about all that, but at least that would be you <laughs> know like something or, yeah. you know some sort of emotional nothing. Connection. I just sat there like a stone, like oh my god, <laughs> why are you making me listen and that to was, this? That's Pink Floyd, which I think 
there's a lot of chicks that like Pink Floyd Damn. and and, and you know, absolutely I've gotten laid to Pink Floyd albums I mean that's you know but um <laughs> yeah true. I mean I yeah it's uh it wasn't for me I don't like the Beatles either you know what I mean that is fascinating we, we have to <laughs> have really. you no it is because there's not I, I know one other person that doesn't like the Beatles it took and me when, time but I have met several others now over time once we've made that confession and when uh George Harrison died she was like Two down, two to go. Oh, I was like, wow. Whoa, I'm not that on. bad. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't wish them death. But you know, one thing that one fr- like one very observant or whatever, he was, he was, it was an insightful point. Um, this was back when I was still in journalism and like we were sitting there and it was a great professional time because I worked with these great guys next to me who are music obsessed too. And But what was funny is like they're 10 years younger than me. And, you know, this is when all the old bands I was listening to in high school were like reuniting, you know, I guess to figure out their retirement plans or something. And they were like, right. oh, you know, these guys are playing. like these guys. And I was like, wow, I saw them and whatever. And so, but they were, you know, learned young, young men. And one guy made a point like, you know something? I think it's McCartney you don't like. I think maybe you like Lennon. And I was like, you know something? Yep. Let me check that out. Yep. And I Lennon think was that's... the dark one. Right. And it is in fact true. Cause then I saw and then I discovered like well, well, well and stuff like that. And I'm like, I do like I don't love him, but I like I like Lennon. So he's absolutely right. Yeah. I like, just don't l- like listen, listen to his Beatles songs. Like, everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. Or, uh, you know, I'm so tired. I'm so no? You don't I know don't that know one? this. Why don't I know this? Why didn't anyone tell me about it before? Uh, yeah, I think maybe you just need to. Yeah, it's McCartney because McCartney did all that dance hall shit. Uh, Martha, my dear. Da, da, da. Like, come on. I hate all that shit too. I I can't stand Paul McCartney. Yeah, I, think I love that's the Beatles, it. and I like I like some of McCartney's stuff with the Beatles. Uh, but but more often than not, I'm I'm really going to the George Harrison tracks and the John Lennon tracks. Like that, he was, he was, he... John I don't think Le- I like George Harrison either. Uh, something? Something in the way... Yeah, no. No. It's a jazz standard now. It's yeah, a beautiful song. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll give it another listen, too. <sighs> maybe that'll, maybe that'll... But Lennon, I'm into it. Yeah, in fact, I no. like your Plastic Ono band. There's, there's actually Ooh. Walking on Thin Ice is actually a house music standard. Woman is the nigger of the world. I don't know that one. That's Yeah, that's a great. That's a Lennon uh, Ono band track. I need to check that out. Yeah, okay, yeah. Robot hands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, what, what, what was the other one? I mean, he had a lot of great stuff that he did solo. I mean, I, I think he was brilliant. But he was he was the dark, tortured one. So I think... You know, based on our conversation earlier, I think you would appreciate the Lennon songs, you know. I mean, the early stuff is very bubblegum pop music, you know, like they weren't that deep. Mm-hmm. But it got to a point and it was Dylan who had a conversation with John Lennon and said, you know, you're not really saying anything. And that really hit home to him. And he was like, OK, I got to step up my game. So what was his game step up? Like, what's the. Well, you know, that was. Uh, oh, that was... this that was said to Lennon. Lennon said. Yeah. Well, oh. no, no, no. Dylan said that to Lennon. He said. Ah, and, okay. and Lennon was like, oh, I got to step up my game because he had uh, a lot of respect for what Dylan was doing. Because Dylan, you know. Come on. He ne- he, come on. Come on. God. Exactly. He, he never pulled the punches. And, no. uh, you know, he, God, he, he always spoke from the heart. Amazing. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Crazy. 
Um, so moving along, uh, we're gonna we're gonna leap to uh, 1973 uh, with Yes. Love the album cover. Yeah. And the only song I'm familiar with is "Owner of a Lonely Heart." Oh, these guys oh, look fantastic. That's, that's 80s. Yeah, I mean, I like I love that song, mind you. Yeah, great song. It could I, be a house song. I have the 45. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Um, really interesting. Um, I, would like to, I would like to point out now that Anita's Wow uh, is based on her wow. glimpse of Rick Wakeman in his gold sequin cape. Sitting in a quinceanera chair, mind you. That's a quinceanera chair. That's, you know, like the chairs that like the like Latin girls I know what sit it, in when they turn When they turn 15, 16. Or, right, 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 right. And like it's all like decorated. Like look at the chair. That's the chair they sit in. It's just not spray painted white. I didn't know that that's what it's called. It's not. That's what I call it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they use those chairs for that. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. I oh didn't know God. that. Oh, God. Yeah, look, look at them. They're hilarious. I call yeah. it a quinceanera chair. Uh, you know, my, my, my <laughs> pop culture reference to that chair is Morticia Adams. So, um, yeah, here we are. Yes, 1973, Fragile is the album. The song is Roundabout. It, this is different. It doesn't sound like a score. It's a song. Right. But I feel like they, like they, I'm trying to think of like a non-sexual reference to this, but like, I don't think there maybe is one. It's like, I feel like the other one, it's just like meandering and we're just like, they never take me through to finish anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Whereas here, it's like, they take me to finish and we may go back and we, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. But like, I feel like the other one is just like, we're just going, well, I mean, we're just never going to finish. Don't resist um, <laughs> no, I'm making not, sexual references yeah, to this, because no, you realize the name of this podcast, right? That's right, because <laughs> I'm not getting laid. Yeah. Then yes. I, I mean, I'm not, yeah, it w I don't know where the censor came from, because I'm not really like that, but whatever. Point is, yeah, I feel like these guys are going to like, take me to the finish, and then like, we may, you know, we may go back for another round, but whatever, like we're hanging out, but like they're... I feel like the idea and the feel of the music brings me to a like a certain joy. You know mm -hmm, what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like a like a plotty thought. Yeah, just like that. You know, whatever. It's just not. I'm, we're not getting anywhere at all. <laughs> right. Nobody's getting in your pants putting those songs no. on. But this one, may, if your husband put Maybe. this on, you no, probably... absolutely not. <laughs> but I like the song. Like, if you're listening, <laughs> avoid, avoid. Yes. Oh my God, Brian's favorite band is embarrassing. I can even. It's awful, and I make fun of him for it. I, you don't. He's not a music person. Okay. I. Like, are, we, are we gonna? Are you gonna tell me what the band it's is? It's just so awful. It's. We so can edit bad. it out. Just tell me. You can even air it. Is he? I make fun of him all the time. He's not ashamed of it. Okay, good. Because that's the next thing I love it. about him. Yeah, he should own it. That's why it's hot. Like sure. that's why I love him. Because he's like he doesn't fucking care. Right. It's fucking counting crows, dude. Oh. Counting crows. Oh, that's bad. Counting crows. That's bad. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got a side with your wife oh, here. God, that's pretty that's like, awful. It's worse than Coldplay. It's worse. Oh, way worse. Play a lot worse. No, Coldplay has they, they write good songs. They do. They're just ballsless. <laughs> right. 
you know? Right, right. That's nice. Which is, you know, that's fine once in a while. Not everybody has to have a raging heart on and a giant set of balls when I'm listening to them. nice. Yeah. But I love Zeppelin. I love balls. Right, right, right. I like it. (laughs) You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. You know, and I love old blues and stuff like that. My uncle was really into it, got me into that as well. So I like, I wouldn't say I'm an aficionado by any means, but I like myself some old blues and all that. Yeah. There's a lot of um, problems, you know, with all of that cycle as well, with the Stones and Zeppelin and just, you know, taking all of it from them. I get I get all that, but still, sure, yeah. the product more, more, is still fucking amazing. More white people ripping off black all people. All of it, yeah. of course. But the ultimate product, I can't front on it. And, you know, the same thing happened with Latin culture, you know, when in the, in the, mm. in the 50s... Uh, even earlier than that, in, in the 40s Absolutely. and 50s, when jazz started appropriating Afro-Cuban rhythms. Absolutely. Um, you know, well, those guys were actually black. So <laughs> that's true, that's too. Okay. And Latin, so that's okay. But uh, but then it became part of the lexicon of uh, American pop music, mm-hmm. where, you know, uh, you know, people like Nancy Sinatra and whatnot were using the, the clave rhythm and stuff like that. Yep. And so... Um, but, you know, I, I think we're richer musically. No question. Culturally for it. I mean, the thing is, like, we... But, but the, you know, the shitty thing is that, you know, a lot of these, these guys who came up with this stuff didn't get credit for, for a pop song that the Beach Boys did or that, you know... All of that said, you know, we live in a culture where we have the luxury of all of this shit to sit right. there and examine this and talk about it academically. Right. And, you know, sit around and, like, you know, circle yeah. jerk about it. Because right. for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, you know, like, Afro-Cuban rhythms probably aren't, Af- they're not really Afro-Cuban, they're African rhythms, really. Right. You know what I mean? And <laughs> so, the, like, yeah, and, and that's not whatever. lost on me. I understand, yeah, no, like, what course. we're doing here yeah. is completely luxurious. Right. You know? Of course. And so my only thing is, like, um, uh, when I I will absolutely critique it like it depends on the debate that's happening right so right. like if there's a person who's you know who doesn't get that and I feel like needs to be schooled I will absolutely jump on that and be like are you fucking stupid but at the same time <laughs> good for you yes but yeah but at the same time it's been happening for like eons you know it doesn't right. it doesn't really matter yeah like people who do a thing should get credit but the Afro-Cubans took it from the Africans and the Af- right. right you know um, everything is ripped off from everything else. Nothing the, new under the, the sun. The, uh, what, did, what did Willie Nelson Before say? Before that, I was like, the, from Arabic music, and like that's where flamenco came from, and right. we don't talk about that. That like, oh, well, you know, right, right. Middle Eastern culture doesn't get any, you know, f- recognition for its flamenco. contribution to flamenco right, music. Right, and right. Like, come on, yeah, you know, it's yeah. endless if you do that I at know, the same I time. I know, I know, totally. Um, at this point, mm. would you like to take a break? Mm. Just a pee. Okay. Nothing else, though. I'm totally enjoying this. All right. All right, Pink. Oh, you do know you have a cockroach in your light fixture. Yes. All right, so now we're getting into what is this? I like this cover. This cover is interesting. Uh, next up, we have Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. <laughs> oh, these—you can't beat these liners, man. Uh, and that's this is them in uh, 1973. So these guys all came from other successful groups, and they formed uh, this band that sounds like it's a law firm. 
Yeah, it does, because it doesn't have the same ring of like, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, you know? Yeah, that could be a law firm too. But yeah, no. somehow you, you look at them, you're like, no. That sounds crunchy. This you're, is you're not. You're not, you're not, Lake. you're not taking, you're not representing me in court, you fat, dirty hippies. <laughs> no. Uh, so, 1973, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Uh, the album is Brain Salad Surgery. The track is Carnival Nine First Impression Part One. The name. <laughs> I'm already lost. Right, right. It's well, yeah. Bra- brain salad. Brain salad surgery. Brain salad surgery. Yeah. Like, just I don't know what that could even reference. Do you know what I mean? Like, why are we starting out that? Right. Well, it was the '70s. <clears throat> everyone, everyone was high. No. Uh, okay. So. <laughs> A lot of psychedelics, a lot of cocaine, a lot of marijuana. And it made sense at the time. (laughs) It made sense at the time. It made sense at the time. I guess, to them, maybe. I don't know. My point, Um, exactly. So yeah, let's get into it. Let's do it. See, this is getting like, what is going on right now in my ears? Yeah, what do you think? It's like awful. It sounds like like awful. It sounds like uh, like I'm offended. Like it's like my nostrils are flaring. <laughs> like I just smelled something really bad. <laughs> oh my god, it's so bad. What? Okay. What? 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 Okay. While you're in the feeling. Oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> what is going on there? I don't know. That's what I want to know. Is it the sound of the synth? It sounds like um, just like some 80s like zinger, like sped up, like on crack, like someone having like a really weird acid trip. Like I'm taking off my headphones for the first time uh-huh. since we started this exercise. Like I can't even. No, oh no, no panic button yet. I can tolerate it, but I'm. Maybe yeah, you're not right now. You're not listening to it. No, because that was awful. That's who these people are. Yeah. I want to cuss them like they're. Oh. <laughs> Well, two of them are dead, it so... It sounds like a lobotomy. No wonder it's brain salad surgery. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like I want to take my brain out to wish that I had not heard that for, like, another person's brain. Uh-huh. Who had never... That's how much I dislike what's happening right now. Wow. Yes, wow. I mean, nothing made you hit the bell, and you hit it with so much exuberance. That was amazing. That was horrible. I mean, that performance was better than the song we were just listening to. That was so horrible. (laughs) It was horrible. Wow, and and even didn't help it. No, it made it worse. Maybe it made it worse. Awful. Maybe the other stuff you heard would have been worse. No, no, no. No. Mm-mm, no, that was just bad. That was you, hard. Right. You, 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 <laughs> your aesthetic sensibilities are the same whether you've had scotch or weed or whatever. I don't know, but that was awful. <laughs> I mean, no, I think that like, uh, I don't know, I think it depends on the music. I think it de- depends on you know, where you're at at a particular point, you know, but that was, I think, under any point, there's no way that I would ever find that agreeable. You know how, like, PBS shows in the 70s had that, like, there's that, um, what's that band, that Canadian band? um, Rush? 
No, 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 no. Like very new. They make that sound. It sounds like a National Geographic music. You know, Boards of Canada. Do you know that board? That... Yeah, totally. That's what that sounds like, but cracked out. Like that person <laughs> <laughs> who wrote that smoked crack and made a song. You know, it's fascinating that that like the, the shortest amount of notes in a succession, like the dumb shit that comes out of your phone, like a guy had to write that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's so stupid. I think about that too. By Menon. I'm obsessed with the NBC. Yeah. What? On my, I downloaded. I found the commercial and downloaded to my phone. Safe light repair, safe light replace. <laughs> because it soothes me. Right. Like, and I found weird. One eight hundred six six sixty six. Yes. Six six sixty six. Yeah. The number six. And they had right. like, because they, they fiftyfied it <laughs> in that new commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so a big no for Emerson. A big no. Can I? No, like, it like needs, you I were, need a better word because that's, that's not no. covering it. Never in my <laughs> life. Worse. Should I? Like. This is torture. <laughs> make it stop. Make it stop. Yes. Let's call that You're make, not it stop. The, <laughs> make it stop. Make it stop. No is not enough. Right. It, oh my god my, my, I don't I mean to put words in your mouth no 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 I'm a friend was trying um, to explore the depth of this this hatred you had wait, well, is I, it hatred I it's, it's almost story. hatred do you hate that music oh yeah 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 this a friend told me like that he in college he pledged a flat, frat and he was he t- well no actually but he, it was a friend of his even that told him that the torture song apparently during like that hazing week or two that they uh-huh. put new kids through oh, so gay they but I mean, some of the shit is funny. I've heard some of the stories, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's I'm funny. Sure. So this, like, if you're they, not the victim, of course. Right. <laughs> so they put pledges, like they got them like really fucked up or something, and they locked them in a room where they blasted like a particular song of torture for that uh-huh, year. Uh-huh. And he told me that theirs was we, we built this city, you know, oh, rock and roll, and like yeah. I Jefferson just, Starship, right? Yeah, I believe, right? Yeah. Or was that when they, yeah, because they were Starship we at that point. They were rocking Yeah. So Terrible. I was like, oh, my God, I think I, I would probably go mad if you locked me in a room and constantly any, for 24 hours. Any song. No. I mean, come on. Other songs, I feel like I could force myself to mentally condition myself and just to right. follow yeah, that. Right. That's if a song is aff- just offensive to your sensibilities. I would need treatment after that 24 hours. <laughs> like very serious. Yeah. That, that's how much it affected me. Well, truly. you're not the first to say this. Two people have said <sighs> that Emerson, Lake and Palmer should be used to torture people. <laughs> oh, my God. There you go. Yeah. Hard. Like, like, get that shit down to fucking Abu Ghraib. They were smoking PCP. Or uh, Gitmo. They were good. I feel like that's studio PCP. I bet you that, like, I'm I'm not even... Really? I feel like that might be a, so, a real proposal that I might be going with right now. Okay. Now, now, can you associate a drug with the other songs we heard? Like King Crimson. Anything else. that Because PCP is its own thing entirely. It is. It's yeah. like, there's nothing else that's like that. But th- I feel like I wouldn't want to hear that song on PCP. I like, w- it would be disorienting. I mean, that song is You know, just even more so than the drug was already doing. Like I said, for me, like, I may feel something more deeply, but... Do you ever see, it's like that, I think when Jon Stewart played that guy in Half-Baked or whatever, and everything was like, did you ever do this on weed? Like, that was his big <laughs> Everything was like, yeah, but I did it on weed. And it was... Right. You know, so that's what I feel like that is. Um, like I said, I feel like it may enhance a particular feeling or state or whatever, but I'm not going to... 
it's not going to send me one way or the other in terms of liking it or not, you know? Right, right. So, Which, you know, I think sane people all feel that way. Like, you're not really going to... It's not going to change your personality. It's just going to numb yeah. the shittiness of life for a few hours. But I feel like there's... <laughs> well, we're talking about music right now, right? Or No, I was talking about weed. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean... It hits people in different ways, I think. Sure. I mean, everyone's brain chemistry. Everybody's body chemistry, yeah. Like, my shrink had once told me, and Adim knows why he's listening, but he's like, he knows how much I talk about my therapist. And the the guy who I've known since I was 13. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, there came a a time when I remember him Uh, practice. You practice with that. Oh, yeah. It takes practice. I'm a professional. Um,. And he was just like, you know, he's like this big Long Island Jewish guy, hilarious. Like, if I didn't know him, I, I might think he was, and he knows he's a bit effeminate too, but he's so not. Well, he's and, Jewish, so. <laughs> but it, it makes him even, you know, when you, when you recognize how that actually makes you even more masculine. When, you know, when you can get to that place of like uh, complete comfortability with that and being right. like. Right, you're not afraid to be vulnerable. No, and you're not Vulner- afraid to. Yeah, vulnerability is a strength. Do you know Brene Brown? Oh, of course. Are you kidding me? Daring greatly. Of course. Yeah. And so. her and her eats eat, eat, We may have talked about this before. I think maybe that's what it, where we vibed. But oh my god, it's like the hardest thing in the entire universe. But that's another thing for me. That's what she said. <laughs> and that's she said that too. <laughs> but, um. Wait, where were we now? I lost my train of thought. It's okay. No, but I want to get it back. No, There's a point yeah, I wanted to no, make. No, that sometimes conversation conversation is like music. No, right? You not. set off in a direction, no. and you think, well, or you even don't even know where it's going to end, and it goes somewhere else that's interesting, and that's fine too. No, no, no. I am a tangent queen. That's not a problem. But yes, there was um, something I wanted to say about the thing. God, that's okay. Ah, See, this is why I don't know. get stoned. Like because me neither. People talk. No, I mean on the podcast. People talk about stuff, and I think of a question to ask them. By the time they finish talking, I've forgotten the question. But I'm that, usually it really matter. good at that. Actually, that's like a like a weird superpower that I used to have, but that's clearly like fall, fallen away a bit. Wow, but, a superpower. Um, no, really. I Do was, you have an arch enemy, too? You always need one. I was just thinking about that exact thing today. Really? Yeah, no, I, I, feel, really I feel like that's a chick thing. With what? Having, Dude, an, arch having an arch enemy. No, I was thinking about it in terms of having children. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> your children are your arch enemies. And how I was an only child and things like that. And I feel uh-huh. like, you know, it, because having an arch enemy, which, you know, having a close sibling, it has, seems like truly, I yeah, mean, because these are right. just archetypes for shit that happened in our everyday lives. You sure, know, and that's sure, all it is. Of course. Yeah. So um, I was thinking about it. And I feel like when you've got someone there for good, for bad, you know, it's shitty in some ways and great in other ways. But like how. To have, it does make you super to have an arch enemy. You know what I mean? Because, and and what's the what's the word I'm looking for? That's the literary term for the the, the protagonist and the antagonist. Mm-hmm. Took me a second. Um, you need you need that. It makes your life interesting and it sharpens you in certain ways. You know. Maybe so. Maybe so. It's so. I was thinking I mean, of this I, very I, thing today. I think about that musically <laughs> and like it wasn't so much. Well, it was it was my best friend. I was in a band with who, you know, now is like homeless and a complete alcoholic. And, mm. uh, but it wasn't, uh, he wasn't my arch enemy, but there was a, there was a rivalry. 
like a sibling type thing. He's the closest I had to a brother. That falls under there's, the there's antagonist a, umbrella. Yeah, though. there's a, there was a sibling rivalry. Like he would write a great song. I'm like, well, I got to write a better song. Right. Or, or you know, and there was always this, you know, and 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 it, and it, and it made for some tension. And it made for some great music. Of course. Because we both pushed each other. Of course. To be better. And, you know, when you're learning any kind of fight techniques or whatever, you don't want to keep playing or fighting against or sparring with the person who's, like, you know, easy for you to... Right. You know, no, you have to constantly you want somebody play better. with people better yeah. than you. Oh, well, musically, dance, everything. The, the whole band. Of course. Uh, uh, Dmitry Gurevich Quintet. All those guys were way better than me. And I learned so much. Yeah. And I had to, you know... You learned through, you know, just I had to swallow energy, my pride a lot. But also, too, how much fucking harder you had to work yep. to be like that. For me, that yep. was with the case in dance yep. and, you know, other things, too. Just for everyone. It, yeah, any it's discipline. Different. Sure. Anything. Yeah. So, so, okay, let's do this. I've heard a lot about them. I, ha- I am familiar with some of their songs. Um, from what I, I understand, some people, I believe that they, they believe that this drummer in particular is like the crazy, you know, he's pretty amazing summit of everything and all things of things that all were ever. (laughs) (laughs) Can I I quote you on that? Yes, please do. (laughs) I don't think any magazine would publish it just because they don't have the inches for it. That's what she said. All right. So here we are with Rush. Final song of the night, 1981. Moving Pictures. The song is Tom Sawyer. I've heard a lot about this song, and I think I have heard the song, but I'm not entirely sure. You have heard the song. I mean, unless you've been dead or in a closet for the last. <laughs> yeah, I totally heard this. So this isn't offensive to me. Like, I've heard this and left it on, and... Right. Um, it sounds it sounds like a sci-fi movie in a good way. The sense, yeah. This is has that element of um, this, but this is that National Geographic start thing where like I don't hate it though. Like I like Boards of Canada. Like I don't go slap them on when I come home, but like uh, their sound is interesting and it's weirdly soothing to me because those programs as a kid were soothing to me. Right, I mean? right, right, right. So. This has a bit of that quality to it, it as well. Speaks to, it speaks to early 80s uh, PC sounds Movies, and video games. You know, all that stuff yeah. that was like, you know, kind of had like, feels right. nice. It's youthful to me, even though, you know, youthful was challenge, challenging for me. But, you know, with friends and it was a time that was fun as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so this was cool. Like, I've heard this. I like it. I wouldn't shut it off on the radio. Like, everything else you've played for me, I, prob- I probably would have shut it off or change the change the station if you weren't in this situation right. and having to talk about right. it but emerson lake and palmer I you, mean, you, you were I just like run. i'm done i would i would run do you like that <laughs> i do really yeah but you know they have a a, wow. a large body of work like do you know the no, song? but do you like that song i'm talking never I mind do. them yes all the songs we're listening to tonight i chose because i like and i think they're evocative of the genre so Anita Bergman. Do you like prog rock? I do not. Well, it's time to wrap it up, folks. I'm your host, Matt Bergman. We got an I do not from Anita on the subject of prog. I'd like to thank my guest, Anita Tijoux. Without her, I would have questioned my own sanity while doing bong hits of Angel Dust. And a special thanks to you, the listener. Because as we all know, if a podcast is playing in the woods, no one's around to hear it. It sucks. 